Football on Off the Ball with Sky. Watch Premier League, Women's Super League, Scottish Premiership, and much more live on Sky Sports. All right, it is Thursday evening, and John Giles is with us. Good evening, John. Evening, Nathan. So, in this off season, we've been looking at some of the great managers of the sixties and seventies, and we've had a great response over the last couple of weeks to your reflections on Don Revy, and then last week Matt Busby. Uh, this week, we're going to focus on Bill Shankly, uh, Liverpool manager for fifteen years, from nineteen fifty nine to nineteen seventy four four-time First Division winner, uh, got the club promoter from the Second Division, a couple of FA Cups in there as well, a manager of a team that you would have gone up against on many occasions. And really, uh, the silverware is only part of the story with Bill Shankly. It's more the legacy and how he rebuilt Liverpool as a football club. Oh, in a big way, uh, Nathan. You know, he took over when they were in the Second Division. Um, Weren't going anywhere, obviously. Uh, Got them promotion and started the great Liverpool teams that we've seen over many years now. He was the first one to do it. Created the, the atmosphere, I think, at, uh, at Liverpool and just was, saved them, mm. as, as many managers do. Um, you know, Matt Busby did it in, in, in a similar way at uh, Manchester United after the war. But Shankly was fantastic at what he did for Liverpool. To put it in context, Liverpool, when he took over, were in the second division for five straight seasons. They had won one title in 35 years. So they weren't perennial contenders by any way. They were nowhere near the Liverpool that we know now. And in a way, he was the man who built the Liverpool we know now that is more than just the football team. It is the connection between the supporters and the club and the cop and the players. That was the thing, above all, that Shankly created. Well, he, well, he was a football fanatic, uh, Nathan. And as we know, the Liverpool supporters are football fanatics. Uh, and they were in the second division. And to do what he did, you know, was, was absolutely amazing. And he built the foundation, there's no doubt, to the Liverpool supporters and the, the great Liverpool teams after him. So he was, he was a fantastic, uh, fantastic manager. He was a football, definitely a football fanatic, mm. uh, Nathan. You know, I think he, he, he lived for football and uh, he insisted that the, the players that played for Liverpool under him would have the same approach to playing for the Liverpool team. In other words, it was a pleasure and, and an honour to play for those supporters and the supporters obviously responded in the way that you would that we've seen over the years, which is absolutely amazing. A lot of non-Liverpool supporters would probably look at the way we talk about the club and the cop, and there's a lot of hyperbole about that connection and what it means and the atmosphere at Anfield, even up to now and the great European night experience at Anfield. When you think back to playing there under Shankly, was going to Anfield something different compared to you know, going to Old Trafford or going down to Arsenal? Well, yeah, I think they all have their own individual uh, ways at Old Trafford and that, but you couldn't beat Liverpool on on a big match, uh, Nathan, and particularly the Cop. But there's no other uh, place, sorry, pitch or ground Mm. in the country that I played on. What was it, John? What was it that made it special? um, well, Well, first of all, I always found... Liverpool supporters 
a Liverpool supporters from Liverpool. I mean, Manchester United are great supporters, but they come from all over the country. But the, I don't think people from all over the country come to Liverpool. I think they're, they're Liverpool people. They support their home team. And they create an atmosphere that I, I never found anywhere else. Uh, and the cop itself is built for it. I mean, it's a huge terrace, as we can see. And it creates the atmosphere. And, and you never walk alone. I mean, that they have it to themselves. It's, it's just a great club great supporters and I think uh, Bill Shankly I think started the cop mm. famous cop and the famous uh, support and atmosphere at Liverpool Do you remember them singing the Beatles songs on the cop when you'd go and play there? Oh yeah Oh yeah yeah they, they, and sing it well <laughs> you know they sing all the songs well uh, Would you be Liverpool. singing along? <laughs> Hmm? Would you be singing along while you were playing? No, no. <laughs> I may be the Liverpool lads would be singing along <laughs> when they're winning and winning most of the time. But I always liked playing at Liverpool. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, and at, at the time, uh, they were at their best before Leeds were at their best. Uh, but we caught them during the during the the seventies. Uh, you know, Liverpool went seven years without winning a trophy, mm. uh, Nathan, and uh, Leeds won, won four trophies in that particular time. And, uh, of course, that was their first great team, and they were a great team. But then I think the biggest signing they had ever, in my my opinion, Liverpool, was Kevin Keegan. So in those latter days, in those last couple of years, when he brought Keegan in, I think of 71, Keegan came in, so he had yeah. two or three years. Well, they, hadn't won, see, they, they hadn't won anything since since yeah. uh, 66. And Keegan was unbelievable. Great confidence in himself. But, but became a great player, in my opinion. And I think he lifted Liverpool at that particular time to go on and uh, win the trophies they did in the, in the early 70s. Uh, he, was the, he was the main, the big signing at that particular time because they weren't really going anywhere for a few years by their standards. Uh, and when Keegan came in, Keegan was a very self-confident lad. Uh, th- I think they bought him for about 30 grand. A lot of clubs had looked at him and didn't take him. Uh, but Shankly obviously saw something in him and encouraged him and Keegan led led the way uh, from from that but he turned him from just an ordinary team into a, a, a winning team he was fantastic if you go back before that to the first run of success then when he got Liverpool promoted from the second division in 1962 that squad with Jerry Byrne and Ronnie Moran and Ron Yates at the back, Ian Callaghan in the midfield. They had Roger Hunt and Ian St. John among the forward players. What are your memories of, of going up against that side? And was there a, a Shankly style? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I mean, Shankly's style would have been, I think when he played, apparently he was a terrific player himself, Nathan, and was all action, all go, uh, all for the team. And that's the way he, his teams, he promoted his teams. Or when they, sorry, when they got promotion, that was his way of playing himself, which was full of enthusiasm, full of go. And I remember playing in the early days when they got promotion. Mm. Actually, I think with the, they'd be, the way I was at Manchester United at the time, and they beat us uh, when, when they promoted that, that particular year uh, and went on to be a really great team at Nathan in the early days. I mean, the... the they won the cup. They won the cup, the league, the cup, and the league in successive seasons. 
and that was fantastic. They'd only been promoted, I think, a year or two before that. So that was that was the Shankly team and the Shankly way, and uh, I think that continued for a long time. You know, when you went to Liverpool at that time, you could tell, as you say, with like the forward line they had was Ian Callaghan, Ian St. John, Roger Hunt, Peter Tom. These were terrific players. Tommy Smith was a terrific. Chris Lawler was in the team. Ron Yates. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were a fantastic team. Uh, How good was Roger Hunt? Oh, Roger was very good. Really, really. Was he uh, a, an out-and-out poacher or what sort of player of was he? Roger. Uh, he, didn't, he didn't look like a classy, classy player, but his effort, uh, the goals he scored, he led the line. Uh, Roger Hunt was, was, if he wasn't great, he was very nearly great. Okay. And you had Dean St. John beside him. There was a terrific player. Dean Callan played for years for Liverpool. Liverpool on the right wing. Then he went, moved into midfield. And they had Thompson on the left wing. This was a time when it was like 4-2-4. Four, four, four. But Roger Hunt uh, was, a, was a fantastic player. And so was Ian St. John. Ian St. John played a bit deeper than Roger Hunt. Could go down the ball, hold the ball. Uh, these were terrific players. The first Liverpool team, that I think, was a fantastic team. What was the rivalry like in that sort of 64, 65, 66 period between Liverpool and Leeds where there was the cup final in 65 where Liverpool win it in extra time and 66 they just pip you to the title? Um, they were way ahead of us at that time, Nathan. Right. They were way ahead. Uh, I mean, the Leeds, Leeds, like we took them to extra time in, in 65 in, in the... Uh, the FA Cup, but it was it was effort and and go from our team. So, but they they were by far the better team in sixty four sixty five. Uh, well, we only got promotion in, in, in what was it sixty three sixty four. They were winning the the, the title at that time. Mm. Um, they were way ahead of us, Nathan. At that for, for, as a team, we stuck at them because we we were we we, we gave it everything that we had. But the players that had, they, they had far better players than us at Leeds at that particular time. As I say, they won the league, the cup and the league in, in three seasons. And then they had, then we, from 66, 67, we took over from, from Liverpool. We won four, four, four um, trophies in, by the time Liverpool caught us in the, in, in the 70s, in the early 70s. But, but, you know, in St. John and, and Roger Hunt went out of the team uh, and they weren't winning anything. They picked us up once Keegan, once, sorry, once Keegan, once came, once in, Keegan yeah. came into it, they, 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 they caught up on us and they caught up on us bit by bit by bit. And then they, when, when they won the, when Shankly retired in 1974, I think, Don Revy's retired at the mm. same time. And, that was that was the end of Leeds really at that time, and then it was Liverpool taking taking over everything. Another great team, but Shankly was responsible, along with Keegan out, out in the St John uh, area. Then Keegan took over and brought them forward again. After that, you give us a really good insight over the last couple of weeks into the personalities of Don Revy and Matt Busby and how different they were in a lot of ways. Obviously, you didn't play under Shankly, but I don't know if you got a sense of his of his personality from going up against him or being around him or from 
players who played under him and, and talking about him in the latter years like you know you talk about him being a, such a true football man he also seemed to have a really you know strong sense of humour and a great way with words like there's so many brilliant quotes from him down the years maybe best summed up with the when he's asked about uh, his anniversary saying and of course I didn't take my wife to see Rochdale as an anniversary present it was her birthday why would I have got married in the football season anyway it was Rochdale reserves uh, yeah she was asked about winning a, winning a match Nathan and he, he, somebody said it, it, it's said to him it's life and death bill mm. he said no it's more serious than that yeah he was but he was he was a character already we, we um um i i think we played we played him to, to win the league in 69 he had to get a draw at liverpool and we and we did win and he, ca- he did come into the dressing room afterwards and he said the best team drew <laughs> <laughs> he, he was an amazing guy he was uh he was he was definitely a football fanatic, Nathan. Yeah, more so than anybody else I ever came across, or or, or anybody else came across with, with Shankly. And sorry, just to go back when he goes into the Leeds dressing room because I think it's only a couple of games from the end of the season, so it's obviously a, yeah, a huge one match. Game. We won the league there that night. So when he says that, is it taken in in good humour, or is there a part of him that actually you felt he believed that the best team didn't win? Oh, I think he believed it. Yeah, he was. He was. He was congratulating us, but at the same time, saying if we were the better team. Oh, no, no doubt about that. But he, but it was the way the way he did it. But I think he was. He was a football fanatic. I think Nathan for, yeah. for Liverpool. I think he played that way. I think he was a terrific player. Played for Scotland five times. Played for Preston for a long time. So I don't think it was ever a money situation with him. I think he was a football fanatic that wanted to do what he did. You know. And because looking back on it, like I spoke to some of the Liverpool players later on, like he he, he didn't throw the money around with the lads and that. Right. You know he wasn't. Uh, he, he, as I say, he, he could have um, he could have done. I saw an article reached by Chris Lawler, who played for him at right back, and that was a terrific player. And uh, I think he was talking to him later on, in, in, in when he finished at Liverpool as manager. That he said, I could have done a lot better for you lads, especially money wise. Yeah. Like he, he went, like the old timers, you know, Matt Busby was the same. Like when the maximum wage was abolished, uh, I think their attitude was keep the, keep the wages down, uh, not put the wages up for the players. That's the way, that's, that's where they came from themselves. But in, but in Shankly's case, I think football was his world. Yeah. I don't think it was a money situation. I think football was his, was was his, was what he lived for. Would Shankly and Busby and Revy have been close in any way? Um, well, I think Don was re- fairly close to me. Don used to say he used to ring him every Sunday to talk about football. Right. Um, I don't know whether he had the same relationship with Matt Busby yeah. or not. Uh, but I think he, you know, he just was a football fanatic, and and insisted when the players played. I think he was an all-action player himself. But I think he insisted that the players played for the team, that they'd never give in. All the things that great great uh, managers want from the players and the great players, and he made them into great players. But I think it was all football. I think it was all football. I think he suffered, Nathan, when he gave up the job at Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I think Kevin Keegan said afterwards that the club didn't handle it very well, and then there was a rumor that he he would have liked to go on the board, 
like Matt Busby did. And that didn't happen. Actually, near the end, he finished up going to watch Everton play. So I don't think he finished on good terms with Liverpool. This summer, we're bringing you double Koi gig. I cannot tell you the, like, audible gasps that there were in the press box yesterday. They looked as stunned as the team on the pitch did. Subscribe to the OTV Koi gig pod on the OTV Sports app now. Like the biggest difference, obviously, between Shankly and Revy and Busby is that Liverpool went on to greater things after he left, where there was such a struggle for Leeds and a struggle for Manchester United. Bob Paisley comes in and takes Liverpool to even greater heights with league titles, with European success. When you reflect on it now, why do you think that was that Paisley was able to come in? Was it the boot room? Was it... uh, working under Shankly for so long, just continuing on the work of Shankly, did Paisley bring something different? Why is it that one club could go on and, and go to another level and become the most successful of that era while Manchester United and Leeds struggled? Well, the, the, the funny thing about the Leeds-Liverpool situation, uh, uh, a lot of people forget, John Reavy and uh, Bill Shankly mm. retired at the same time. And uh, Liverpool got the next manager, appointed next manager, from within. Yeah. Right? So Paisley knew what he was taking over. He'd been in the club all the time. Uh, What what happened with Leeds was that Don Reavy actually uh, recommended me to take over from him. So we we would have appointed from within. But the board turned that down. Right? So, So what happened then was Liverpool finished up with somebody from within and Bob Paisley, who did a great job, and we finished up with Brian Clough. <laughs> so we were, like, they went on to win things yeah. after that, as we know. Uh, uh, and would you, but, would you say, John, if they'd appointed you, you would have been more successful than Bob Paisley? No, I wouldn't say I was <laughs> more successful than Bob Paisley, but I would have been better than Brian Clough. You would have lasted longer than 44 days, I'd say. Well, we were, we were ruined. You know, yeah. Cloughy, I think, as I said to you before, he came in and said, right, all you lot throw you at those effing, throw the, your... <laughs> Your medals in that bin over yeah. there, you know, the, the, this type of thing. We were gone after forty-four days. Yeah, right. We then Jimmy Armfield come in, and Jimmy Jimmy wasn't any good. So they they pointed from within, and Paisley knew everybody in the club, and took it took it over and went on from there. I think if we if we had appointed from within, whether it be me or somebody else, uh, it would have been a lot better. Nathan. We we just didn't uh, uh, compete with Liverpool after that. Hmm. We were gone. We were gone. Uh, and, and of course, the funny thing is that the 1974 Charity Shield then yeah. is the first match for Bob Paisley and Brian Clough because Liverpool were playing Leeds and it's you know one of the most famous uh, Charity Shields. Uh, we've spoken about it many times uh, and the row that went on and all of that. Like, was I don't know if you... Because we don't usually talk about actually the pre-match. We end up talking about uh, Kevin Keegan and Billy Bremner and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. Like, your memory of the build-up to that and the fact that Paisley and Clough were coming in. Because I think I think Bill Shankly walked Liverpool out. I think he did. I'm not so sure. Mm. I don't think Don Reavy did. Uh but it was it was it was a shock to us that Don was leaving, right? Because Don Don was a great manager and the players got on well with him. But we didn't expect Brian Clough to come in. So I don't know what what was in the director's head. What, what do you find in football, uh, Nathan? 
directors, you would expect, loved Don Revy for what he did. I don't think they did. I think they were jealous of him because he was, he was, he was in charge of everything. Mm. Right? And I always said to people, like, if you're looking at Don Revy on the board, right, and, and they're looking for a new manager, who was the last one that Don Revy would pick to be the manager of Leeds? So you think they did that out of spite? Well, they, they um, well they did it for the wrong reason. I think you see Don Don used to dominate the directors. Now that mm. I saw him, didn't treat them very well. He wasn't very manly with them because when I think when he took over first, they didn't treat him very well. But there was there was no love lost between the directors and Don Revy, mm. right? So I think when he was gone and he was recommending me. Their, their attitude was, well, we're in charge now, because Don was in charge for years, winning things for the board, right? And that, that, that was my take on it. I don't think the directors and Don got on very well at that particular time. And when he made the recommendation, they said, no, we're in charge. Uh, and again, who, who's the last one Don Revy would have recommended? have to be Brian Clough. And they, they, they brought it in. So the big change with Liverpool was, if we'd have had a manager from within, in my opinion, whether it be me or somebody else, or whether it be Sid Owen or one of the lads who were the coaches, we would have still competed with Liverpool, in my opinion. Mm. But that didn't happen. You know, Liverpool had Paisley. Paisley went on to do the job. He knew the players. The players knew him. He knew what was needed. He did a really good job. Was there a difference in the way they played, John, when you think back no. to going up against a Paisley team to a Shankly team? No. No, because the, the, the players were, were, were used to playing in a way that uh, was very, very successful, and that was, that was in them. You know, that was bred in them, those particular players that were coming on at that time. Uh, but in our case, at Leeds, we were gone. We were gone. We didn't, we didn't challenge for anything, uh, Nathan, at that time. So that, that's my take on the Liverpool-Leeds uh, situation yeah. at that particular time. Yeah. Uh, the other irony uh, with Liverpool and Leeds and looking back over that era is that, you know, we spoke to you a lot about Leeds' reputation and maybe not winning as much as you could have, you know, finishing runners-up on five occasions in the league, uh, mm. some of the FA Cup finals, that the two years Leeds won the league, uh, Liverpool really imploded. Like that year we spoke about there, Liverpool didn't win any of their last four matches and that draws enough to win Leeds. And then in that final season when Leeds win the league, Liverpool win one of their last eight matches and finish second behind Leeds. That actually, Liverpool could have had a lot more success if they could have just seen it out. Well, well, it's amazing when, when they say with Leeds and, and Liverpool, the two clubs, Don Revy and Revy, won the same amount of trophies, mm. Nathan. We won six trophies, they won six trophies. And, 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 and Liverpool had a start on, uh, Shankly had a start on Don Revy. It's just that we were in so many cup finals and semi-finals and that. It looked like we didn't win as much as Liverpool. Now, once, once uh, Bob Paisley got going, obviously he dominated everything and won a load of trophies. Uh, and we, we were gone. We were gone with the club situation. But, uh, um, but when Shankly and Revy were against each other, both teams won six major trophies. I guess then it is that greater body of work from Shankly in terms of his legacy and what Liverpool went on to achieve and he he put the foundations in place for them to become the team of, of that era that Paisley went on and capitalised. Like, it is then 
the difficult conversation of what happened when he left because it doesn't feel like there's a right or a wrong way when we think of Matt Busby and Matt Busby hung around and his very presence made it so difficult for Wilf McGuinness and Frank O'Farrell to take control and then at the same time Paisley had total control it seemed and there was no real place for Shankly which in itself doesn't seem right. No, well, I think Keegan went on record saying the club did did, did not handle it well in the the uh, Shankly situation, and there was there was a lot of talk that uh, uh, Shankly wanted to go on the board, uh, and the board wouldn't have it. Uh, so I def I think he definitely fell out with them at some stage because he went to watch Everton uh, uh, later on in later years. Uh, but but in 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 Shankly's case, like when the last two. Two managers we t- spoke about, Nathan. My take on it was: what did he take over? What did he leave? Hmm. Now he he feels that in a big way. I mean, he was in the second division when he took over, and he leaves them after whatever it was ten, eleven years in great condition for Bob Paisley to take over. I'm not taking anything away from Paisley because he did it, but he he didn't have to take over. He, he took took over the winning team really. Bob Paisley, and then made made some great signings along the way, but Shankly took over a, a very, very uh, well, not a very successful situation at Liverpool in the second division, and did what he did, and I think he set it up for Bob Paisley to to go on and do what he did, and he did it in a big way. The differences between Busby and Revy that you spoke about in terms of how they put their teams together that you know Busby was all about the babes and bringing through young players and sort of moulding them into the way he wanted them to be whereas Revy was able to buy in the right type of characters as well it does seem as though Shankly could do a bit of both he could develop young players but he could also buy in at Kevin Keegan who you know was a you know he developed into an absolute superstar two-time European footballer of the year when he moved on from the club but he could handle he could handle whatever personality was in the dressing room Oh, definitely, and and uh, from the start, I mean, if you if you look at Chris Lawler and Tommy uh, Tommy Smith and Yates, uh, Ian St. John, I spoke Roger, and they, these were all terrific players. Mm. And Shankly got them, and, and and as you say, molded them into the, the, the into his own image, as it were. That's what great managers do, and he did that in a big way, and he did it for years and years, and then he handed it off from Paisley to Bob Paisley, who who did a great job. And, and made some great signings. The difference between Paisley and, and Shankly in the way they did the job, I think when Shankly took over, he wouldn't have had a financial situation that he left to Bob Paisley. Bob Paisley was, was, was when Keegan went, you know, got, got great players in, uh, in, into the team. I mean, he got Kenny Dalgleish, he got Graham Souness, he got Alan Hansen, he got Ian Rush. I mean... These were great players, and they had a financial uh, situation to be able to get those players in. Shankly would have had to start from scratch, and he wouldn't have had much money at that particular time to do what needed to be done. But he did it, and when he left, he left Bob Paisley in a very, very good position. Certainly with terrific players, but the financial situation to replace uh, Kevin Keegan, for example, and to bring the players in that I just mentioned to be even more successful. When did people start talking about the boot room then at Liverpool? Um, the boot room would have been would would would, would, would be Paisley and and uh, Ronnie Moran and and Shankly and they probably weren't doing any more than any other clubs in relation to the staff. Nathan. But I think I spoke with the lead situation when a team 
is doing well and doing as well as Liverpool doing. People look for all reasons why they're being successful. And one of them became the boot room. Mm. Because that's where they'd really meet after the match and talk about the game. Like most other clubs would do, <laughs> Nathan. Do you know what I mean? Like Don Revy would sit, meet up with Sidon and, and, and uh, Les Cocker after the match to talk about the match. You know, they didn't have a boot room. But, but all clubs do that. But people are always looking for, why is it successful? And they look for things like the boot room. You know, now the boot room was, was because they had good staff. Bob Paisley, uh, uh, the, 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 the people they had in the background with Bill Shankly. And they would talk about the game. But Shankly would be the man that would get the players and get the players playing the way they played. And the other lads would be a help. But you're looking for things. I mean, there's no doubt. Liverpool were going nowhere until uh, Shankly arrived. Mm. You know, I think Bob Paisley might have been working at the club at that time. You know, you never know. But Shankly was the man responsible for doing it. It's like when Don Revy was at Leeds uh, playing... playing uh, bowls, carpet bowls was, was was part of his winning. You know, nothing to do with it. I mean, Shankly did what he did because he was a great manager, knew the game, knew the players to get in and insisted they do what he wanted them to do because I think that's what he did as a player himself and and got them playing in, in, in the... not in the style that they played, but the effort that they put into it, getting the players in the right position. That's what all... That's what great managers do. Not the superficial things, uh, Nathan. We're going to wrap up this series next week and look at Jock Steen. And it is remarkable that Shankly, Busby, Steen all grew up and were born within 30 miles of each other. Yeah. When you look back on that era, why why was it that Scottish managers were such a, a dominant force? And why were there no Irish managers in there at that time? Well... I think there was a lot, of, lot, of, lot of more, a uh, lot more Scottish players, Nathan, playing in, uh, say, the first division in England in those days, than Irish players. There were a few, um, but if you go back even before them, and I can't remember the names now, Nathan, there were always Scottish managers successful, always, uh, and and you know, and if you look at it since. Look at Alec Ferguson after them. And the Scottish managers were always hugely successful in England, going back over a long period of time. But those lads that you mentioned, uh, Shankly and, and Busby and uh, Jock Steen, were even more successful than any of the others. But what Jock Steen did was fantastic. What Matt Busby did was what Bill Shankly was. You know, they were all great, great managers. But there was always a Scottish influence mm. in England with, with other Scottish managers as well uh, John it's been great to reflect on uh, Bill Shankly to go alongside Matt Busby and Don Revy from the last couple of weeks as I say we'll uh, look at Jock Steen next week just before the Premier League returns uh, just before we finish up I know you wanted to mention uh, Dr Alan Byrne who's a great friend of yours who the FAI announced this week stepping down from his role as the men's national team doctor. He's been there for 20 years. He's been in studio with us uh, a couple of years back talking about his career and you know helping save the life of Shane Duffy and been there when Seamus Coleman went through his horrific injury. And uh, I know a great confidant for so many of the Irish players through the years. Uh, he'll be sadly missed around the national team. Oh, definitely. Uh, I've known Alan, Alan since, he was, since he was a young kid. Uh, and he's always been a soccer enthusiast. 
Um, but he's a medical man. But I think the job that he's done in in uh, in for soccer in Ireland, uh, at, along with the the international team, where I know from the lads who play, I think the world of him, and I, I think he's going to be a huge loss uh, to the, the 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 Irish football. All right, John. Great stuff as always. We'll talk to you next Thursday. Yeah, thanks, Jason. John Giles there as with us every Thursday and I say we're going to have one more go uh, at that next week uh, with Jock Steen and we'll obviously be talking about the Premier League then once it returns but all our football and off the ball is brought to you by Sky all the football you love in one place across Sky Sports BT Sport and Premier Sports Football on Off the Ball With Sky Watch Premier League, Women's Super League Scottish Premiership and much more live on Sky Sports